Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus. This is where we typically, in the middle of the week, reflect on the weekend that was and dig a little deeper into a recent sermon. We still have something for you to think about here in the middle of the week, but Roger, we are on the verge of a little bit of a fall break here. It is the last Wednesday of September. You and I both are going to be doing quite quite a bit of traveling over the course of the next few weeks. We're going to take a two-week break from this podcast. We will still be with you for one final episode this coming Friday, September 30th. We will wrap up that Tough Sayings of Jesus series on Friday, but then we'll have a two-week break. I'm going to be doing a lot of preaching. Roger, you're going to be doing a lot of preaching. Why do preachers, a lot of times in our culture, in the spring and the fall, travel and do all of this preaching? Well, a lot of congregations like to have what what's commonly called a gospel meeting in the spring and the fall, and there's different uh, approaches to that. Some are evangelistic, where it's an opportunity and a concentrated uh, effort where they can get some of their friends and family members to come in and hear Bible preaching. Other times, it, it's more just to kind of encourage congregations. And sometimes a fresh voice, someone that comes in with a theme and, and can kind of encourage the congregation, kind of build them up in some ways. And you and I do this uh, multiple times throughout the year. It, it seems to fall heavily in the spring and in the fall. And this year, it's really heavy this fall, it seems like. <laughs> But it, it it's just a wonderful occasion. Um, we both love doing that. We love helping other congregations. We love encouraging brethren. We love teaching God's word. You know, part of this is, is that great commission of Jesus where he says to disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And so uh, we're thankful that we're part of a congregation that encourages that. Uh, we bring in uh, guest preachers here. And then some days we get to be the guest preacher in other places. And it's it's a delight to do that. It's a delight to be able to meet people and to sit down with them. I oftentimes uh, will sit down with a group of shepherds, and we talk about shepherding and just how to take uh, our faith to another level and to encourage one another. And so these, this is what this season's all about for us. It has been a heavy year, as you mentioned, and a lot of that has to do, of course, with so many scheduled events having been completely canceled in 2020, many of them canceled in 2021. This is is the first year in a couple that neither one of us have had those special events canceled. And as a result, it seems like there has been this hunger and thirst that I've not seen in a, a good long while. People excited to have a special event like this. It reminds me of a passage we read here recently in our, our daily Bible reading where in Acts 16, Paul hears from a man over in Macedonia, a neighboring region, and the plea is, come over to Macedonia and help us. And like you mentioned, we always appreciate it when guests are willing to come and help us, encourage us. It's like a nice shot in the arm, and we're excited to do that, Lord willing, in other places this fall. However, you, of course, have a very special event coming up in just about 
a week and a half, and I'll share some more of the details about that, what's coming up on Saturday, October the 8th. You were at Cane Ridge last October. You're excited to be at Cane Ridge uh, a week and a half from now. Saturday, October 8th, uh, I am sure there are members of our church family who have heard you talk about Cane Ridge. What is Cane Ridge? All right. Well, <laughs> first of all, let's let's put it on the map. It's uh, not far from Lexington, Kentucky. There is a little community called Paris, Kentucky. And just outside of Paris, Kentucky, there is this place called Cane Ridge. It's got its name from Daniel Boone. Uh, I mean, this area is just rich and rich in all kinds of history. And it was named that way because of all the cane that grew. And it was on a ridge. And what is remarkable about this and what, what I'm so fascinated about is there is an old log cabin church building that was built in 1791. The building still is standing. And there's now an outer structure around that building to kind of protect it. But uh, in 1791, uh, this church building was built. I have visited it so many times. And every time I'm there, I stand in that pulpit, look at all the, the log walls and the pews and say, wouldn't it be wonderful to preach here? Well, last year I got that opportunity and it was just off the charts for me. And the folks there at Paris has invited me to come back. We're actually going to have a singing there, which will really be neat in that old log cabin. But the story behind this is what's so special. Uh, back in the late 1700s, there was kind of a, a depth of spiritual interest in the country. Uh, the, the revolution was over, and things were just kind of stagnant in a lot of places. And there was a series of Presbyterian communion services being held throughout the Midwest. One of them was going to be held there at Cane Ridge. And so in 1801, this Presbyterian communion service was going to be held there. Right before it happened, there was a series of revivals taking place. And there was starting to be some major interest in this. And people started getting excited about things. So in that August of 1801... At Cane Ridge, where the folks were gathered for this Presbyterian communion service, estimates between twenty and 40,000 people. Wow. Uh, you, I mean, there are no highways. They came by wagon. They walked. They came by horse. The governor of Kentucky at that time was in the audience. And out of that came some revival preaching. And, of course, you could not get 20,000 in that little log cabin. They're all around <laughs> that little campgrounds there. But some some very significant things took place as a result of that. And and one of them that took place is, is just it's it sparked interest. And let's just getting back to the Bible. Uh, Paul Conkel, who's a uh, Vanderbilt historian who wrote a book about this, he says that this revival at Cane Ridge arguably was the most important religious gathering in all of American history. 
ignited the explosion of uh, religion, which soon reached into nearly every corner of the American life. For decades, the prayer of camp meetings and revivals across the land was, Lord, make it like Cane Ridge. It reminds me more than any event in American history of one of the scenes I recently preached from in Acts 17, where those Jews in Berea eagerly examined the scriptures to see if what they were hearing were so. That sounds a lot like what was going on in 1801. It was. And and what happened is on the campgrounds as Presbyterians in that little log cabin were having a communion service, they had preachers from basically we'd say every dog in town <laughs> was, was standing on stumps and just preaching. But remarkably, most of them were not preaching their own particular brand. You had Baptists and Methodists, and they all just started preaching, let's just do what the Bible says. And that spirit caught on. And out of that, uh, particularly when the main leaders, the Presbyterian minister by the name of Barton W. Stone, really started reexamining things. And one of the things that came out of this was, why do we have all these other doctrines and creeds that's not found in the Bible? Why can't we just do what the Bible says and do it alone? And that just that just spread like wildfire all through Kentucky, through Indiana, through Ohio. And folks after folks just started saying, I'll be a Christian and nothing but a Christian. And that, that spirit really just magnified and exploded through that. And so, so from that little movement and other independent movements going on at the same time rose what we call the Christian church, disciples of Christ, and churches of Christ. They all come back in America from the same area, same place. And what it came from is just that desire to follow the Bible and nothing else. Now, through the years, the different groups have kind of splintered off in different directions. Some kind of gave up that spirit and started doing things that uh, originally they wouldn't have done. They started following things that weren't in the Bible and started adding things. But that's that's what Cain Ridge was all about. And so it's a historical place. And it's a significant place because of what it represents and what came from that. And to imagine that little bitty log cabin back in 1791 still standing today and being such a historical starting place for that region, for simply we're going to be Christians and nothing but Christians. We're going to follow nothing but the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, we're not doing it. And that attitude and that spirit of simply being New Testament disciples really is just remarkable. It's very refreshing to go back there and just to see that. This is where people began this, and this is what's so exciting for them. You know, one of the things that is always exciting to me and and humbling at the same time is to think about, okay, who would I be? What would I be? Where would I be? were it not for events like this in history. And I know, Roger, you love reflecting on that, the the spiritual roots that we enjoy. Of course, we both always encourage people, listen, don't take our word for what we are telling you. Don't take any human's word. Let's, let's be like those Bereans and examine the scriptures daily to see if what we're hearing in 2022 is so if the the spiritual legacy that we have inherited is so 
But I've got to believe, I mean, where we are sitting right here on the Ohio River in southern Indiana, we would not be in the same environment, I believe, in 2022. We would not enjoy many of the same benefits and perspective were it not for the hearts that were modeled at points like this, specifically, you know, just about 106 miles from where we're sitting. Absolutely. And and what we see is just that spirit of just how important it is just to be disciples of Jesus. Three things came out of that, out of Cane Ridge that that's, we just cannot miss. One of them is just explosive growth that came out of that. Uh, Cane Ridge was 1801. That's when the revival was. By 1820, there was estimated to be 15,000 people following the New Testament wow. and nothing else. By 1850, 1850, the number was over 250,000. So it's just just rapid, rapid growth. And that spirit caught on. Um, one of the things that came out of that was just simple New Testament preaching. And, you know, far, you know before this, uh, most of the men who were preaching in denominations had to be ordained by somebody. And there was a whole system that you had to go through and you had to be approved and be licensed. Well, after King Ridge, farmers started just picking up the Bible and whatever two or three people were gathered together, they just started preaching. And they understood, just do what the Bible says. You don't have to be ordained. You don't have to have all these people above you telling you and be licensed. And and that just that just caught on. And so itinerant preachers everywhere started doing that. And then out of that also came the the sense of individual responsibility. Up to this point, it was all about the church. You know, make sure you're at the right church and make sure the church is doing this and the church. And what the preaching came out of that, as Jesus had taught in the Sermon on the Mount, is your relationship, your walk with the Lord, how important it is that you do what these things are. And that just flipped things upside down. I mean, here in southern Indiana, very area that we now are in right now, uh, whole systems of churches, sometimes 10 at a time, would flip over and just say we're, we're renouncing our names and we're just going to be called Christians and we're just going to follow the Bible and we're going to get rid of all these creeds, all the stuff that's not in the Bible. And it's, it's just remarkable how fast and how far-reaching those things went with that. So... Okay, it is one thing to hear about what is what happened historically, and of course we'll highlight again at the end of our episode uh, this special opportunity to come and learn a little bit more right there on the grounds. If someone wanted to learn more about this, are there any particular books or websites, resources that you would recommend that would be a good jumping off point into deeper water. There, there, there is. There's, there's just been so much scholarly work done on the Cane Ridge Revival. That's C-A-N-E, Cane Ridge. And, and, and when you look at that, you, you, there's just a whole bunch of books on this. If you just type in on Google or something, Cane Ridge Revival, there are some very well-written documents to talk about that. Some people drawing some pictures, what they think that revival would have looked like. Uh, again, j- just a wealth of information about that. Uh, there are a lot of books on the market that, that are still in print 
about this because this was such a huge, huge turning point religiously for the country. I mean, the country was kind of drifting away. Uh, after the American Revolution, England quit sending us Bibles. They didn't care about us anymore. And so, uh, the, you know, there, there, was a, there was a period of time where the Puritan religions, the very reasons why our pilgrims, our forefathers came to America to escape religious persecution in Holland and England, that was dying out. And America was becoming very secular early, quickly. But these things brought things back to where it should have been. And that spirit was very exciting. And as you can tell, I can just talk about this all day long. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) I I love this. So many, so many great stories come out of this. So many significant things that come out of this. Now, just for case in point, um, if you ever get to go over there to that area, I, I would encourage you to go and visit that. There is a cemetery there, and Barton Stone is buried there. Barton Stone was the the um, leading preacher of that area that led that revival. But in that in that cemetery, there's there's a stone of a man by the name of John Rogers, and on his gravestone it says he was associated with the Churches of Christ in 1807, if I remember right, 1807 or 1809. Now, why is that important to us? If you go to Google and you Google up Church of Christ, the common definition that's given there in encyclopedias is that the Church of Christ was started by Alexander Campbell in the 1830s. Well, in 1809, when this guy died, and it's written on his tombstone, Alexander Campbell was a teenager in Ireland. He wasn't even here yet. (laughs) And... We go biblically in Romans sixteen sixteen. The Apostle Paul says, "The churches of Christ salute you." So that is a scriptural biblical name. It was not something that some preacher in America thought of and made up himself. What makes Cain Ridge so unique and so rich is that people from several different veins, independent, not having communication like we have today and not having podcasts and blogs and Twitter and all this stuff, Facebook, separate, not even knowing each other, coming to the same conclusion, why can't we just follow the Bible and nothing else? And so you had guys in southern Kentucky thinking that way, guys around Cane Ridge thinking this way, guys in Virginia thinking this way, all about the same time. And what they came to this conclusion was, is we're just going to be Christians the way it was originally. We're going back to the primitive way in which Christ gave us these things. And just do it what Jesus said. And by doing this, they lopped off hierarchies that that a lot of these churches had built. They lopped off a lot of things that churches were doing that had nothing to do with what the Bible taught. And they just became independent congregations that observed the Lord's Supper every Sunday. They, they practiced immersion for baptism, for remission of sins. They got all of that from the Bible. And what's interesting is that same principle, that same concept, that's what we preach here at Charlestown Road. Yeah. And if the religious community would simply do that, all around us, all these churches, churches five, six times, sometimes five, six church buildings within the same block. If they all would just say, you know what, we're going to do what's in the Bible, nothing more, nothing less. 
guess what? We'd all be the same. Yeah. Exactly. There could be that revival, that restoration that was experienced more than 200 years ago. Roger, let me ask you one more question here. Um, you, you've got some very young grandkids. Let's say one of your grandsons come to, comes to you when, when he's a little older and uh, he calls you PJ. And so he says, PJ, I, I hear you talking about all of this stuff that happened a long time ago, but you know, I've got all of these other things that I could be doing. I live in an era of Netflix and YouTube and, and all of these things. Why should a young person in the 21st century care about what happened outside of Lexington, Kentucky in 1801? Well, in a lot of ways, what happened at Cane Ridge is a model of what we see in our Bible. And and it should matter to us because it's how we trace our origins spiritually. And so out of this, you know, we, we had this mess religiously in America, and out of that came this, this central voice of we're going to be Christians and nothing else. We're going to follow the Bible and nothing else. And that's really what Jesus came. Jesus came into a world in the first century that was a religious mess. You had Pharisees and Sadducees, and they were not on the same page. You had all kinds of hypocrisy going on. And what Jesus simply said, let's do the will of my Father. And so that spirit of, of restoration, uh, we can see that in the life of Hezekiah or Josiah and some of those early kings in Judah. And what they did was simply, let's get rid of all these idols. Let's get rid of all this junk that's not approved by God. And let's just do what the law says. Let's do what God says. So that spirit of restoration is really a biblical concept. It's what we should all be about is that we don't want to be new and innovative, cutting edge. We don't want to go boldly where no one's ever gone before. You know, that's, that's Star Trek. That, <laughs> that, that's great for space. But when it comes to religiously, it's follow the leader, and the leader is Jesus. So Cain Ridge reminds us, okay, how did it happen here? How, 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 did these, how did these restoration churches come about in America? They came about from a group of men who, at the time, were practicing different religions. And they looked at their Bible, and they wondered, why are we doing this? Why do we have the Bible plus this creed book? Why do we have the Bible plus these bylaws? Why can't we just do the Bible? And one by one, they started going back to that. And that's what we're trying to do even today. Just go back to the Bible, nothing else. If you were to ask us here at Charlestown Road, can we have a copy of your creed book? We'd say yes, and we'd hand you a New Testament. That's what it is. Do you have a policy book? Yes, it's the New Testament and nothing else. Or do you have some bylaws? We certainly do. It's the New Testament and nothing else. That's the spirit that came out of Cain Ridge. That's the spirit of Jesus, and that's the spirit all the way back through the Old Testament. All right. So... Hopefully some interest has been piqued, even if you're not able to join Roger in a, a week and a half. You've learned a little bit more, maybe, maybe given a, a few markers to do a little bit more research. But Roger, as we've been mentioning, you're excited for Saturday, October the 8th. You mentioned the singing. The singing is on Saturday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then the plan is for you to have a lecture that begins at 11 o'clock a.m. Can you give us a just a, a thumbnail sketch of what that lecture will be all about? Well, last year when I first spoke there, we talked about the history of the building 
and what happened at the revival. And so this year, we're going to talk about what happened afterwards. After everything settled down, what, what were the results after this? And that's kind of what we're going to look at. You know, the, 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 as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. You know, that, that's something that's always of interest to us. You know, the prodigal son, after he ate the, the fatted calf and had the celebration with his father, what happened the next day? Well, what happened the next day after Cane Ridge? That's what we're going to look at. It'll be Saturday, October the 8th, there at that Cane Ridge Meeting House in Paris, Kentucky. I just Googled it while you were talking, and it is very easy to find where we're sitting. Uh, it is 106 miles away. I know there were several members of our church family who joined you last October, and that was encouraging to you. I know this will be an encouraging Saturday as well. Of course, we have this evening, 7 o'clock p.m., right here at home in our own church building, the opportunity to grow. Roger, you're rounding off a little series in the auditorium you called Your Questions. Yes, we have, uh, through the month of September on Wednesday nights, we have gotten questions submitted by the various uh, people in the congregation, and we've just been walking through these questions, and some of them are really challenging and tough, but we're going to wrap that up tonight by kind of going through as many of these final questions as we can and look for Bible answers to these things. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we're rounding off a September series where we've been exploring what's a human being, and tonight we'll finish that off by exploring what it means to have a spirit that will return to the God who gave it. Your body is an amazing blessing, but you are more than a body. You will outlive your body, and we will explore that, Lord willing, this evening. Roger, I appreciate your excitement, your your zeal for history, and helping us in the 21st century learn some of those pivotal lessons of history. Thanks for joining me in this discussion. Thanks for all of you uh, for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. One more reminder, we will have one more episode, Lord willing, this Friday, September uh, the 30th, and then we will take a two-week break for a lot of this preaching that we've been talking about. We look forward to being back in your podcast feed on Monday, October 17th. In the meantime, we would love to see you this evening at 7 o'clock p.m. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us. 